I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm Donnie, your veteran who had to revisit a lot of child of middle school memories watching this one. <laughs> I'm Frank, the fresh-faced neophyte. <laughs> and today we actually have a guest. Um, so coming in, uh, this person is somebody who is family to me as they are my partner's sibling. Um, but they are somebody who cares about media a whole bunch and likes to kind of try and figure it out and pick it apart. So why not have them have them come on? Uh, we have Kirsten here today to talk about this episode, uh, which is season one, episode 11, called Friday Night. Uh, so, Kirsten, a usual question that we ask around these parts is, what is your relationship with Degrassi? You know, to be honest, this is probably the first full episode of Degrassi I've ever watched in my entire life. I might have seen, like, little snippets of it here and there based on commercials or, like, things about Drake. But, like, you know, also, mm, I think I looked at the Netflix overview for the new Degrassi stuff and was like, this feels like my soul is dying, and then I moved on. All right. That's my relationship. <laughs> okay. Um, anything about any characters or anything like that that you may have remembered from those clips? Um... No, to be honest, just Drake. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, I can't argue that one. Um, so so what we usually do is we introduce our A plot and B plot. Kirsten, seeing as though you are the guest, I'm going to offer you the chance to do the summary for this one. Um, so would you like to kind of summarize our A plot and B plot? Oh, heck yeah. Um, so essentially, we have two things happening. We have this really uncomfortable date going on between Sean and Emma, the human with the crimped hair that really needs to stop. And that was your, that's your plot A. And plot B is Ms. Kwan being real stressed out and having to deal with a bunch of middle schoolers who honestly seem like dipshits. <laughs> yeah, I think that about sums it up. <laughs> uh, can I just real quick sum up my feelings on this? Sure. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, while I have some minor gripes with how teaching is, it, how some of the logistics of teaching, overall, I was pretty happy with this episode. Yeah, this was another one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know how you feel, Kirsten, because Kirsten, you, you, this is your first full episode. You're not used to the nuance of Degrassi, nor are you used to some of the garbage that we had to watch to get to this point. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> But what was your kind of gut feeling about this episode? Did you enjoy it? Oh, that was an explosion, but it's we're getting toward 4th of July, so I'm assuming it's a firework. Yeah, it's probably a firework. Yeah, anyway, Kirsten, what did you think of this one? You know, I think Miss Ms. Kwan just, like, took receipts and was <laughs> lethal. And maybe a little bit too lethal for middle schoolers, but also, I don't think I've ever had a pleasant experience with middle schoolers in my entire life. So, like, go ahead. Be lethal. Do your thing. <laughs> it, it reminds me of John Mulaney. Uh, he has this bit about like thirteen-year-olds. Where he's just like thirteen-year-olds will like are able to pick out the thing you most don't like about yourself That's and just so true and just like really hammer home on it. Like you know, I'll be walking down the street and they'll be like, ha 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 ha! Look at that man. He has really feminine hips. Like ah, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> It's kind of true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> they smell it. They can sense it. So, while we're on that note, I guess we'll just, we'll start with the B-plot. I'm feeling, why I, not? Yeah, because I have, I have a lot of feelings about this B-plot, 
Yeah. I have so many feelings about that A plot. Yeah, so let's kind of go with the B plot first. So our B plot is kind of interesting because it, it angles itself very much as a spinner plot, which, Kirsten, you weren't there, but last week we had a spinner B plot as well. Um, and it's interesting because while this is a spinner B-plot, we have a lot of reveal concerning Ms. Kwan, which is interesting. Like, it was one of the episodes, and I feel like we've hit this point of, before, where Degrassi hits, I think there's a lot of success that Degrassi has exploring the adults in the lives of kids, and mm -hmm. how you can have good or bad relationships with these adults, and that can really impact, um impact it in many ways and i think this what really soared with this plot was the way that teachers especially in the context of middle school can be seen as so antagonistic and it's very easy for any student to forget that teachers are human yeah um it starts off um with miss kwan is trying to hand out permission slips for a trip to stanford to see romeo and juliet yeah, um, I know, our mortal enemy. I told you Degrassi's a love affair with Romeo and Juliet, and we just gotta suck it up. <laughs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it have been just so revolutionary? It's like, here's your here's your permission slips. We're gonna go see No Exit. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Get that existentialism in there. <laughs> gotta start him young. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, she hears a... At first, I thought she would when the plot was going to be that um, she was just hearing things. Like, it might have been going a little loopy for having to deal with Spinner for all these years. Um, he's but... repeated, Kirsten, <laughs> just so you know. He's a... he's Quan has had him before. <laughs> that poor, poor, poor son. <laughs> oh, God. Too many piercings. Too much noise. <laughs> okay, doesn't like Spinner's piercings. It's a very specific thing to pick up on. I I didn't even notice he had piercings before. He gets this. a tongue ring There's eventually. Like Spoiler. <laughs> He's a very like early two thousands child. I feel like 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 hanger on from the nineties mm -hmm. aesthetic. Um. So. Um, like, it turns out he's just listening to his Walkman and just tap, tap, tapping along. And she's just like, you got detention. Um, you know, deal with it. The, adding on to Spinner's. To Spinner, like, I'm trying to find out if there's a day Spinner's not in detention. Right? Like, he just is like a, just a constant customer. I feel like he needs like a stamp card or something like this at this point. <laughs> Also, can we just talk about the fact that they made a middle school child serve lunch to other oh, middle school well, children? That one actually... That's so unsanitary! I don't hate that one. Um, we'll get to that detail, because I was actually very surprised they kept that plot. I was very surprised that wasn't dropped. Um, but, yeah, so Spinner, Spinner gets detention for this. Um, it's interesting, and I think what happens consistently with this episode, especially as an adult watching this, Quan is never really wrong. It's a matter of how she handles the situation after the fact that is where it goes extreme. Because what ends up happening for her is she takes the Walkman away, which I can't argue. I mean, in theory, that's what we should be doing with cell phones and things like that. But what ends up happening is she kind of, like, tosses it. And it... It appears that only, like, the battery kind of shoots open, like, the battery area just kind of, like, breaks a little bit. 
Um, it doesn't look really broken. Spinner doesn't, and we, but we don't necessarily have Spinner confirming that it's broken. Um, but still, you know, she shouldn't have done that. It's one of those types of deals where it's like, she had every right to take it away. She had every right to give him a detention. I do understand why Spinner was upset about that, but it is an important building aspect to this plot, which mm. I really appreciated in how it was handled. This whole thing is just really a slow burn. Like... Yeah, but done well. It's weird. It's weird. For all the issues that I've had with a lot of these episodes, I feel like Degrassi, one of their strengths has appeared to be the ability to kind of have these plots build over time. Um, whether it's like the, like even, I feel like even the Emma episode with the menstruation had a similar aspect where it build it, it was building and then once it hit the point where everything kind of fell into place, it was actually building inside. Okay, stop. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where, where like the plot was getting kind of tense and then you realize why it was getting tense, much like this, where Quan and her interactions with these with these kids escalates and then you find out why and everything kind of bursts mm -hmm. so you have this initial transgression happen and so spinner is particularly angry about it um this is the part where things got kind of interesting because then the then the plot moves to um that's the part where they go to the cafeteria right afterward right afterwards yeah yeah so so they go to the scene in the cafeteria um this is where i was very impressed because they actually kept the consequence that had happened to spinner the episode prior which is that his punishment for putting the earwigs in ashley's sandwich which shout out to jimmy for also remembering that this is what happened and <laughs> reminding spinner that he did screw up um they're like kind of commiserating during that scene about what they're going to do um, this part confused me, though, because, like, I feel like this scene would have been fine just with the two of them talking on the cafeteria line. For whatever reason, they, the, the, um, they do this kind of quick shot of, um, Ms. Kwan, and she's sitting there eating her lunch, and that really confused me as a teacher, because... I was under the impression she was, like, a lunch duty person, where you don't usually eat on lunch duty. You're mm -hmm. usually, like, that's your thing, and then you have a prep afterwards that you can, that you can eat. So I was really confused by that, that she's sitting by herself eating her lunch. Like, any teacher, pretty much any teacher, would not want to be anywhere in the cafeteria if they don't have to be during lunch. My thing is, that might be the only place people don't ask her if everything's okay. <laughs> See, as a as a teacher, I like I appreciate you looking at it from from that perspective. But as a teacher, like you'll be surprised how little people actually annoy you if you just have lunch in your classroom, um, and like that's what I did when I subbed. Yeah, yeah, and like I I also hung out. I mean, my my situation was a little different. I would be in my lunchroom, and my room was swar was like swarmed with kids, but. You know, if you wanted to, you could definitely turn off the lights, not be in the direct view of the window, and be able to have your lunch and lock the door, and, like, you would not be disturbed. So, I'm gonna... Uh, it doesn't look like she's sharing her room with the teacher either, so I'm going to be the teacher devil's advocate on that one and say, mm, I don't buy it. I think it's just for drama. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I just think the shot did, wasn't needed. Yeah, I agree. But, so they're kind of commiserating about it. Spinner's like, yeah, isn't Quan, like, ridiculous? And, and 
like, you know, she did the thing with my, you know, reported me because of the lunch thing. And Jimmy's like, you screwed up, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> Jimmy, oddly the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things. So, so that was all good. Um, I mean, you can kind of see him fighting with his conscience, conscience for, throughout the entire episode, though. Because he wants to go through Spinner's plans, but he's like, eh, should well, I? Eh, well, I'm just going to give it to it. I think the other thing is that Jimmy needs ammunition before he fully joins it, and I think that's Jimmy kind of in general, like, where he's okay with kind of being, like, a sidekick of sorts, but the second, like, he gets forsaken in some way, then he's all in. And that's what ends up eventually happening with Jimmy, where he does have that happen to him. Um, and I'm trying to remember. Well, at one point, he gets caught making out with Ashley. <laughs> and Quan just fucking slams him. <laughs> Which, rightfully so, I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't want to see students making out. I find that highly inappropriate. They're also, like, halfway in the classroom when they do it. Like, yo. They're also in middle school. That, too. Like, they're halfway halfway in the classroom. They're in middle school. I don't want to see that ever, regardless of what grade you're in, but I especially don't want to see it halfway in my classroom. So, like, once again, Quan is absolutely right to be like, don't do that. And she cites the code of conduct, and, like, for some people, they may find that kind of underhanded, but I agree. I think it's a big problem in schools that, like, don't properly enforce maintaining boundaries. And, like, I know we're all, like, you know, that's something that we all as teachers need to do better with and administrators, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, dude, come on. It's an institution of learning. Why do you want (laughs) to make out there? Like, not even, oh, it's sacred. It's like, why would you want to make out there? There's no need lots of reasons (laughs) not in front of people i don't care it's gross it's weird don't do it i agree with you um i mean once again what's kind of interesting once again kind of this whole building aspect is you run into this thing where kwan um is like hey don't do it which reasonable and then um kirsten you you may know of what she says i mean she was like i don't want to see that either which, like, I guess is fair to think, but as a teacher saying that to impressionable young middle schoolers, you can even see it later on in the episode. Jimmy is stating something like, man, I can't believe she, like, totally degraded me and me and a- Ashley, I think her name is. Ashley? Yeah. Um, which, it plays a huge role on your self-confidence and your, like, confidence in your relationship with others. So people who are in that position of authority really should not be saying stuff like that. I, I think the exact thing that I remember is that she says, you two might think you're adorable, oh, but nobody yes. else does. Yeah. Yes! Which I am always kind of thinking. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Lord is in my head. And I think that's the thing. It's like a lot of how she is reacting during this episode is a lot of the time the running... <laughs> monologue in a teacher's head it's just as a teacher you are a professional and you should not say it out loud to impressionable children but by god i thought it (laughs) it reminds me there's this part at the end of uh riverdale season one where um josie from josie and the pussycats because that's an actual band in the show and it's amazing yeah Yeah. (laughs) but she's just like because archie wants to sing this song at the 
centennial jubilee for Riverdale, and, like, Josie's just like, look, the world, the town doesn't revolve around you and your friends. Like, there's other people here. <laughs> this is for everyone, not just for you five. And, like, I was like, finally, somebody said it. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's an asshole in that show, and nobody needs to hear from him. <laughs> True. <laughs> Archie? Yeah. He's trying his best, but he is, a, like, he's a terrible boyfriend. <laughs> to every single person that he's dated on the entire show. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. No, I just, I could not, I could not watch Riverdale. Oh, she leaves after the first three episodes. Oh. It's amazing. Yeah. Good so, to know. And she gets vilified, and then, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say, because I don't want to give spoilers. I only got as far as that episode Frank and I tried to watch. Oh, God. It gets way better after that. Well, that's good to know, it gets I guess. so crazy. <laughs> okay. Another, another podcast prompt. <laughs> um, so, like, the plot continues, which, by the way, I realize the cafeteria scene and the makeout scene are flipped. Regardless, Jimmy isn't fully bought in by the time the cafeteria part happens, but it really takes until the next scene, which, another scene that as a teacher I was like, I understand what they're trying to do here, but I don't love it, where Terry comes in and is like, Miss Kwan is at a meeting with the principal, like, so we just gotta hang tight and do work. That would never happen. No, no way. And I understand why they're trying to set it up, but there's a part of me that would have preferred to see a sub come in and have absolutely no control. I mean, that would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah, like, it would have made more sense, and then you could have had the sub report back, or you could have still had the other component of this, so I'll just explain what happens. So Spinner, so as soon as like Terry's like, oh, by the way, you gotta do your work, uh, Spinner comes up and Spinner starts um, running the class in a really condescending impersonation of Ms. Kwan, um, talks about, because they're doing Shakespeare, talks about Shakespeare's the greatest writer ever. Um, and then Jimmy plays into it, which, you know, tracks to me. Where Jimmy is just like, oh, but why is it so boring? And then, like, they just kind of run out this dialogue in which they perceive Quan as, like, really condescending about the whole thing. Which is, like, not inaccurate in the sense of, like, I can understand how a middle schooler could perceive her as really pretentious. She comes off a lot to me as a teacher who would probably do far better in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, which like you know like all teen dramas she suddenly becomes a high school teacher so like you know she'll get a better placement later but like i could see why middle schoolers feel that way looking at her um the thing is the twist um is the the intercom is on she's listening in from the principal's office she's able to watch because when the intercom comes on i guess there's a camera in the room because she said there's, like, a live feed into the principal's office, which makes no sense. No, like, <laughs> totally you could turn on the intercom. That I buy. You could definitely, like, do that, I feel like, even with some of the more archaic intercom things. I mean, they have it for, for theater systems across the country. Yeah, yeah, like, they could easily do that. I 100% buy that. I don't understand this weird live feed excuse. I understand that 
this school has a lot of technology, but the thought of having a classroom have the capacity to have a live feed where the principal can easily access it is terrifying to me. I think they also might not mean live feed as in video. I think, yeah, yeah, it might just be a weird word choice. That's true. Also, I feel like when you're talking, when they were talking about, uh, at least when Jimmy was doing that uh, representation of Ms. Kwan, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So when Jimmy was doing that representation of Mrs. Kwan uh, with Spinner, they said something about how he, well, Spinner said, you wouldn't understand, you don't get it because you're a moron. And I feel like that's a very poignant thing to say for because that's what kids perceive it as when Ms. Ms. Kwan is being very blunt and to the point about her criticism of them. A sm- like, a middle schooler is not going to say, oh, I'm just not enjoying Shakespeare. This isn't really that great. They're going to think, oh, shit, I'm really fucking dumb. And I think that's also important to keep in mind with a kid like Spinner, uh, which, Kirsten, I don't expect you to know this, but, like, Spinner is a kid who has repeated a class. We know for a fact he has an ADHD diagnosis and has to be medicated to uh, for it. And we know that this is a kid that probably has been told his whole life in some capacity that he's an idiot. And I hate using that word, but I'm sure he's been told that explicitly. Um, So the fact that that's how he kind of plays it out is also very telling to his perception of himself in general, which is really rough as well. Um, It's one of those things where it's like, I, you can kind of understand a lot of perspectives. It's, you know, and we'll talk more about how everything kind of escalates. It's just, in the end, Spinner has consequences. Well, Spinner has consequences. There are consequences that are discussed. We'll get to the end of that when we get to the end of it. Um, But Quan comes in. She pretty much impersonates it verbatim. (laughs) (laughs) And now Spinner and Jimmy have detentions. Yep. Um, and that's at, and that's at the point where she, um, like, they're in detention, and, like, they're complaining about, like, oh, like, I can't believe it's Friday, we're here, this sucks. Which, by the way, the fact that she has a class, she then says, like, oh, like, you know, I have a class tonight, and, like, the thought of doing extra work, like, doing night classes on a Friday night? Jesus. A good soul. Oh, my God. So, and I think she's reading... At one point, I know she's at her desk and she's reading, like, a romance novel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good for you, Kwan. Get some, get some fucking entertainment in your life. Please, give yourself some self-care. <laughs> so they decide to stick around and, um... Well, like, get revenge. Like, I, Spinner shows Jimmy his expert plan which just says tonight equals revenge yes yes and it's very interesting kind of seeing their revenge um it's so it's a three-part revenge plot your first plot is them going on the intercom and spinner just kind of chewing on it um auditory nightmare yeah which like (laughs) there was a part of me that was like very i think about this intercom system that I was thinking about is, like, it doesn't beep when it goes on. Yeah. Like, most of the time, like, your intercom systems are gonna go, and yeah. then, like, it's gonna start. But I guess Degrassi doesn't have that, which I guess, to be fair, it didn't beep when Quan was listening in, so I'm gonna, I'll let it slide. Like. 
what would have been cool if they just added a very tiny beep in, like, like none of the kids heard it because they were all talking. Yeah. Oh, my God, that would have been really funny. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of hear in the background, but you don't register it because, yeah. like, oh, Spinner's up to some bullshit again. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, Spinner's going to go to the principal's office again. Um, but anyway, they do that. She gets very annoyed. But this is what I actually really appreciate about this is that Ms. Kwan, for all of her flaws, is not stupid. In the sense that she can problem solve like nobody's business. Number one, she will come, if she's gonna make an accusation, she's gonna have evidence to cite it, and we've seen that consistently in the show. Um, but also, I really appreciated the way that she problem solved that auditory nightmare where, like, you know, for two seconds she was like, hey, at, cause she was teaching like an ESL class and they're taking a test. So she's like, hey, stop doing that. And then she pretty quickly picks up on the fact that it is not the case. Um, and I love how she problem solves that one because she goes to the office, she asks the custodial staff to get her into the intercom area, and she scans the area. Like, it's not this weird, like, wild goose chase thing that some shows may have done for humor. I just imagine, like, she had, like, if you had cut to her vision, it would have just been, like, Terminator vision. Like, <laughs> like, like, the, like, the bright red background and the, like, the crosshair looking back and forth. Like, no life force detected. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like, though. Like, yeah. it was, she's a very good portrayal of what's it like to be in teacher mode. And, like, when you're just like, boom. <laughs> and, like, you gotta, like, figure out what's going on. And suddenly you're not, like, the, you're not how you would usually problem solve things. Suddenly your decision making is, like, in hyperspeed. Like, I really appreciate that attention to be. I mean, I also appreciate the attention to detail and the fact that they actually portray a teacher as someone who's not a, like, just there for comedic relief, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Or there to be a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because you haven't seen, but Snake, the Mm -hmm. other teacher, the, like, technologies teacher, he's, like, all around a good teacher. I mean, I'm not saying Quan's a bad teacher. She has her flaws, but she's not a bad teacher. Mm, she's not, like, yeah. Severus Snape or she, whatever. She's the type of teacher you would appreciate, like, two years later when you True. realize that you can now write an essay and understand Shakespearean text. I, I had a teacher, um, my history teacher, throughout all of my high school career. Like, um, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I got to the last, my last, like, history exam... <laughs> And I like looked at the book, and I was like, if I don't know it by now, I'll never know it. She was so good that I didn't read study anything. I still got a ninety four on the test. Oh my god, that's good. Like yeah. she was, uh, and then like they forced her to retire like two years after her, uh, I left. Oh, and that I, sucks. That happens. Well, I showed up and I like brought her some flowers to like thank her for being an awesome teacher. And she was Aww. like one of those people. She, like so she, nice. she expected more of you than yeah. like. <laughs> You know, shows up and you're she's still disappointed. <laughs> no, 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 no. She like one time uh, I had to stay with my cousins because my uncle was going to awake, mm-hmm. and they didn't get back till like two in the morning, and I was so exhausted. But I still went to school the next day, and I completely flunked a test. And like my family is under a lot of stress at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, high school is not a fun time for any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair and. She call, she's like, Frank, you like just completely bombed this test. I'm going to have to call home. I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> so she called home, and she, like, she talked to my mom. I, like, because I, my parents are like, if you get in trouble, fine. Do not lie to us about it. Yeah. Like, we'll deal with it as it comes. Like, fine. So I went home. I was like, you're going to expect a call from, you know, my teacher. This is what happened. And my mom was like, all right. 
So she gets a call after dinner, and then, like, she's like, your teacher would like to speak with you. Ooh. That's a good twist. Well, like, like my mom explained about the wake and whatnot, and I was just like, oh, crap. So I go and talk to um, my teacher, and she's just like, why didn't you tell me you had to go to a wake? Of course I'll let you retake the exam. Hell yeah. Be, like, you know, you, like, just be more open to me about this kind of stuff. Yeah. She was awesome. Like, she was awesome. And then, oh, and then she, after this, she's like, I've gotten, like, I was so badass when I saw her. Because, like, she's like, yeah, they're forcing me to retire, but I've already put my feelers out. And I got a few positions, possibly, at a few colleges or private schools. Heck yeah. <laughs> and like, she was like, she's like, I can't not do this. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Wow, that's I mean, great. If you I have love that her. type of effect on kids, why not? Yeah, I mean, like, people thought she was a hard-ass, but I was just like, she just wants you to do the work. All you have to do is do the work, and she's like, you're the best person ever. It's it's very interesting, because um, those are the type of teachers, while I would like to believe I could someday achieve that, I think really seasoned teachers get that type of reputation, and I think a lot of it is that these are the type of teachers who are kind, understand that they work with kids, but also don't lose sight of their goals in terms of what they want their kids to get out of and that's incredibly hard to do especially in modern education but it's always encouraging to hear that there are some of these like old it's like they're not really old guard because like that would imply that they haven't really changed that much but they're older teachers who are grounded in their ideas but still want to transform minds she she like she when she needed to she understood but she did not like we weren't children anymore. Yeah. She wasn't going to treat us as such. And, yeah. You know, in retrospect, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I respect the heck out of that. Um, so, uh... We got part one of Revenge. Part two. Part two. And, like, I realized, like, this is actually kind of ingenious because they make a call to the local pizza place, um, which I now realize they call... What? It's called Pizza Pizza, and, the, like, every time I go to Montreal, I'm like... Why is there a freaking pizza place called Pizza Pizza? <laughs> Who invented this? And why did they think that was a good idea? Canadians. But honestly, I love it. I un- like un- I am unashamed. I love it. Well, I was just thinking to myself though, they order from the same place that Sean and Emma are on their date at. Yeah. So yeah. Pizza Pizza's everywhere. Well, in oh, yeah. Oh, I just kind of wonder. I don't think Degrassi is a big town. Mm-hmm. So I just imagine like like just them sitting there. Charles is like, wow, there's a lot of wings going out at once. Uh, because, you imagine? Oh, I guess there's some kind of party. Because <laughs> just like that's the um, and I was just like that, that's the ingenious part. It's not pizza, which pizza comes with a clean handle. It's wings. Wings are messy. Yep. Like, no matter how you eat them, they're going to be messy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so, like, they get, she, they, um, the order comes to the door. And they're also, and I understand we're in an age where cell phones are not as accessible yet, but it is also very smart to make the call from the school yeah. phone. Like, Call very, ID was the thing. Yeah. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna track in, in, uh, in that way. Um, so the order appears at Quan's classroom, um, and Quan is kind of beside herself because, I mean, because this is a really, it's a really scummy, underhanded prank because then that puts the person having to pay for it. Yeah, paying $54 for wings on a teacher's salary? Are you kidding me? Yeah, right? Ugh. Canadian money, too. <laughs> Wait, that's less, isn't it? No, yeah. No. Or our, the exchange rate. Oh, it's up, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. up. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's for every American dollar currently, it's a dollar thirty-three in Canadian money. Yep, I can't I can't attest to it in two thousand one, but I'm sure it wasn't much better. Um, and I just realized, like, also, like, Quan's probably gonna get all these like greasy like buffalo stain chicken stain pizza. Uh, test back to grade. Yeah, so like what ends up happening, which I am very endeared by to a certain extent, though I would argue that they're a little infantilized in the class, but Also, I don't once again, this is another thing where I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, or if the show is actually just being kind of racist, that like Kind of racist. Yeah. yeah. The answer's it's probably kind of racist. Because like, there's, <laughs> there's people in like like, like, not like street clothes. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, they're all wearing pretty traditional yeah. garb, which is like totally something that people do. But it is, yeah, it is kind of, it seems more like a multicultural festival in there than a, a classroom. <laughs> and I think it also is, like, to a degree, making fun of their attempts at learning English. Yeah, yeah. Like, they speak in very, like, and I don't want to be like, oh, their English is simple, they sound like kids. Like, tonally, the way that they talk to her is yeah. much like a first grader would. It's, I think that's my problem. Because it's like, the the students offer to buy parts of it because they're hungry. But the way that they say it is like, I eat? In like yeah. a way that they have this lilt. As opposed to like, you know, just being like, hey, can, like... Saying obviously like the English may be a little different depending on their English comprehension, but saying something more with the tone of like, "Hey, is it okay if I get some?" Yeah. Like, but they all have that tone, or like they wave their money in a way with like big eyes. It's it's very uncomfortable looking at. It's using them for comedic effect. Exactly, which like, you know, I feel like that could have been what it should have been was a moment that kind of re I understand that they kind of wanted it to be a little levity but I also feel like it could what you could have done was have them buy it but still have Quan be like really upset yeah, yeah. and that would have been more effective or she gets the test back and they're all stained yeah and that could have been your joke that would have been the worst <laughs> yeah like honestly as a teacher I'd be like oh, uh! <laughs> like that would have been effective without infantilizing a class of adults yeah um and then we get to the final revenge which is the the oh this is the worst the cruelest the cruelest revenge they are just hammering her car with eggs like to the point where i was like how's the windshield not cracked at this point <laughs> right i was kind of waiting for it i was like ooh, ooh. the weird thing though is spinner once again confusingly brings his things in a tub like he doesn't keep <laughs> he it just, he opens up his drawers yeah it is he opens up his drawers and it's just full of tupperware not even food or dishes <laughs> it's just tupperware like you couldn't like was it that hard to bring the car in <laughs> i don't I don't know. Also, like, he must have put the forethought in to take multiple cartons of eggs and put it into one Tupperware container without breaking any of them. Like, I feel like he does not have that much forethought. Oh, it's a logistical nightmare. Anyway, they egg... Ugh, they bomb that car. They egg the evolving shit out of it. <laughs> they truly do. And, um... And then they come... So then Quan come, sees it, they, like, run... They scatter. But no... 
Okay, this was also confusing, because, like, they're standing in front of a tan sedan. Yeah. They're like, oh, shit. And they run around the, they run around the back of it, and then r- back around the side, side of, of it. it. <laughs> and on the passenger side, they just sit there and watch. As, yeah. As Quan comes out, sees it, and just breaks down, because it's just the final straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and, and it really nails that, where it's like, I mean, to be fair, like, if I saw my car egged, I would not need any other stressor to make myself burst into tears, but, Same. I, but I do appreciate, and I feel like for people who maybe aren't that emotional, or maybe don't see Quan as somebody who's that emotional, it's a really good example of how a person who is incredibly strong and can deal with a lot of BS, because whether you like her as a teacher or not, to be able to work with middle schoolers makes you pretty much tough as nails in many ways. Um, to see that, to see her just kind of burst into tears after such a horrible experience the past, like, you know, few hours, really, if we include the two pranks, and then also Spinner and Jimmy having to be there while she has the time between school and her classes, like, it was just utterly devastating. Um, this is the point I texted my sister. You know who's a little shit Drake's character in Degrassi? True. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cut to the next day. Um. Radish is there. Radish is now their new teacher. Oh. Is that the principal? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and Spinner is recounting the story. Like, I wish I had a video camera. I was like, Spinner, you awful, awful boy. And then, but then luckily, like, Ashley's like, yo, that's not cute. She says it. She says it. Ashley cuts hard. She's just like, that sounds cruel. Yeah, which is like, and, and there is something to be said about it. Because, like, I was so uncomfortable watching him and, like, some of these, like, knuckleheads behind him being like, ha, 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 about, like, recounting it. I'm really glad that there were kids like Ashley who are like, hey, maybe that's not cool, um, which I think also speaks to Ashley's character. Like, she's a kind of, even though, like, you know, she may warble in certain ways and may, like, you know, kind of not quite know every other perspective possible. Like, she may, like, not quite commit sometimes. I appreciate that she has a decent enough handle of right from wrong that she was going to be like, hey, that wasn't funny. Yeah. Especially when her boyfriend was involved. So I feel like this is a really good look at the development of toxic masculinity in oh, middle school Oh, for sure. Boys. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. You haven't even seen some of the other episodes we've watched. Yeah, but, like, I think that's a really good, not as overt, but definitely a good way to kind of show it. It's, like, it was a very good kind of, it's, like, a really quick scene. It's, it's like, a blink-and-you'll-miss-it kind of situation. Um, but it was really good. Um, and then Radish becomes a teacher, which also, like, I don't understand. School doesn't want to put out for a substitute. Why would the principal has there's no way a principal do. would be able to even teach one section. I'm sorry. Anyway. Oh, and also the Stanford trip is now canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there. And um, we, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. But yeah, no, like I mean, that's what it is. Like the trip gets canceled. Um, and and this was, I think, one of the better examples of a consequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a better one than most. Oh, well, I'll, because, well, because it's not just a, um, I want to say material consequence in that they're not going on the trip. It's an emotional one because the principal says, like, her husband has been very sick and she's going to be taking some time off for that. And, like, both uh, Spinner and Jimmy just, like, they're just, like, crestfallen. Yeah, and, and, um... And, like, the class now knows that they screwed up. 
And because of it, they the students have blamed, which rightfully so in many ways, um, have blamed them for this happening. And it's especially because uh, um, Ashley was looking a lot, look, was looking a lot for. I'm a writer. Was really looking forward to this trip, <laughs> um, and now that's also canceled. I'm just like, oh. I don't see a very long future for Ashley and Jimmy thanks to this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the better ones because I feel like what I end up happening, like the reason why I usually ended up with certain episodes, the reason why I hesitate to call them my favorites or even like them a lot of the time is because the consequence never quite fits. Like the kid who does wrong gets away with it or gets away with it in a way I don't agree with and because these are episodic, like, issue-based things, they rarely get the comeuppance that I think that they should have. And in this one, it's pretty clear. It's not in this really, like, really, like, tragic after-school special kind of way, but it is a good way of seeing, like, hey, guess what? If you screw around like that, even if you don't, like, you know, get caught in the sense that you get a detention, there will be consequences to your actions not just amongst the people that you hurt but also the people who then are collateral damage in the hurt mm -hmm. all right so let's shake off all the bad feelings from that <laughs> i don't know if anyone has any other thoughts on that one i kind of sorry i just as a teacher had a lot of feelings that's fine no i agreed with all of them yeah i'm glad okay um and let's jump into Sean and Emma's big date! Woo! The first thing I need to say is literally, I don't think cis men really grow at all from age, like, middle school to college. Because literally, I had people ask me out in the exact same way. Right? Do you want to hang out? You're like 22. Get a fucking old of yourself. Right? You it's... are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh my goodness, there's so, there's so many good things I love about this plot, um, even though the plot, you know, was not always good in terms of like, a, oh, everything went lovely. It, there's so many good interactions in this one. And like, you know, say what you will about the acting. I think what I loved about this was Sean's delivery of pretty much every single one of his lines. Mm. It was so <laughs> convincing that this was, and I mean, I guess the actor was at the time, a very befuddled middle schooler. True. I think of all the seven careers, I think he's the best actor. I really, yeah, I like him a lot, and I think that's why I'm so endeared by him so Cause much. Because also, I, just a real quick, quick cut back to the B-plot, like, Spinner, like, his acting is real starting to create on me, because there's a lot of times, like, oh, that, that line was not delivered, so much was thrown through my window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but Sean, like, there's so many... He has nuance. Yeah, like, True. there's really good tonal shifts in the way that he delivers things. Um, and you can hear him, like, when you hear him, you not only see Sean doing it, but you can see every cis boy you've ever potentially dated say it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... So the official, the official uh, position for this podcast is that Sean ain't no cis boy. <laughs> or, excuse me, ain't no... Straight boy. Uh, you know, straight boy. No, no, we stand by him being by, but I would negotiate trans Sean as I would negotiate any trans headcanon of any sort. Um, so we'll leave that on the table as well. Yeah. But um, no, he's my he's my bi child because he he cares about astrology and that that is my that's, criteria. That's the criteria. 
Have you not heard I my headcanons? They're honestly, so arbitrary. Fair, yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> my headcanons are so arbitrary. It's like, oh, we need more LGBTQ characters here. Okay, here's my idea. Anyway, Sean is no, no het boy, but he suffers from cis boy syndrome, especially in this episode. Um... So, so he approaches Emma as Emma's talking to Manny. Manny makes this big to-do about leaving in a way that only your best friend could when you're talking to your crush. Um, and <laughs> so there's this really, like, Sean just, just stammers this pretty much, where he's like, hey, you want to hang out? <laughs> It's I, Friday! Honestly, maybe this is for my own... Maybe, Get down on Friday. <laughs> maybe this is for my own experience. Like... I like, from like jazz people out in high school. I was like, "Damn, he's really smooth doing that." Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like someone probably could have. Because like Sean, I love Sean. I love this juxtaposition of a bad boy who definitely is like a sweetie. Um, and of course, I feel like this is like this great image of this boy wearing his tough denim jacket and like his kind of undershirt type deal. And like, you know, he's super tough looking and then he's like, oh, oh, it's the weekend. I like how you can see every single emotion that goes through his brain on yes. his face. Yes, it, it works so well, especially in a situation like this. Even if he says none of them, except for the time where he suddenly has emotions and he's like, do you hate me? Which I also love. There's, I just love Sean. I'm sorry, everybody. That's not, that's, that, this isn't new for Sean. Mm, like, no. he, like, there's this whole other plot line where he, um, he has to write a poem, so he writes a, he has to write a haiku, so he writes a haiku about how much he hates poetry. <laughs> and I feel like that about some Sean up. It's like, we'll still do it. But hates it. <laughs> um, and then, like, they're talking about, uh, they had to do a report on animals, and he was talking to Emma, like, what, Emma wanted to do a, a, a report about a very specific tortoise, and... Of course she did. Yes, yes. I know that from, like, one episode. Excuse me, <laughs> Mama Onu, how dare you not use the proper noun for Queen Mama Onu? <laughs> and then Sean's like, I'm doing it on a particular kind of dog, and she's like, well, that dog's not in danger, and she's like, he's like... Yeah, but I had one back in my old house. I had to leave it behind. It's endangered in that way. <laughs> yeah. Sean's feelings are endangered. His feelings are always in danger, and I want to keep him safe. But anyway, so, like, he, he asks if, they, if Emma wants to hang out. It's Friday night. Why not? And she's like, yeah, sure, of course. Um, and, and there's just, like, oh, my gosh. So, like, he leaves, and... Manny descends. I have a note that just says Topi dot 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 why, <laughs> because he's there. Because Toby has still, I'm assuming, has a crush on Emma. Yeah, obviously, to but like, I don't want to be reminded. There was a whole episode where Toby was just like, "I'm gonna be a white knight," like, awful. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that in so many ways. Yeah, so that's why Toby is like that. And of course, Degrassi likes to remind us, because if there's any plot continuity in Degrassi, it's Toby's need for affection from Emma. Probably the most consistent plot line in this damn show. <laughs> that's so sad. No, I'm not rolling my eyes at you, I'm rolling my eyes at Degrassi. No, I, I'm, I figured. Okay. <laughs> um... So, like, then they immediately start wondering, is it a date? Is it not a date? Um, and then, like, they put the play dodgeball, and I like, was reminiscing, like, man, I miss dodgeball. Right. <laughs> what? You miss dodgeball? Yeah. 
What kind of heathens are you? Violent ones, apparently. What's wrong with dodgeball? Yeah. Oh, oh. No, excuse me. No, I know there's a lot of problems with dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but it was you, worked in, you worked in a middle school. Okay, it was banned in New Jersey, and my high school still played it. They were just like, it's catch and throw. What are you talking about? And I was like, I hate every minute of this. I'm dying. I'm getting pelted with dodgeballs. This is awful. Has anyone actually checked to see if that's legally true? Because I was told that, and then never actually looked up the laws of it. You know, I never looked it up, but that's what I was told. Yeah, like, I, I wonder really if this is a lie. Is this a lie? that like teachers told me so that we couldn't play dodgeball are you gonna ask google please oh, i need to hear this hey siri is dodgeball illegal i found something on the web about is dodgeball illegal check it out new york lawsuits question safety of dodgeball school bans 20 weird things that i want um dodgeball has no place in schools still in 2014 <laughs> that's what i mean like i think that there may schools have been schools outlaw handshakes dodgeball and fun oh Fuck you, New York Post. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Like, I, apparently just from a lot of lawsuits. Uh, yeah, I feel like it might be something that districts do. I just don't know. I, I don't know if there's a statewide ban, but I know I was told that also when I was in high school that dodgeball was banned. So Emma is just pissed off at Sean because, like, of all the, like, who knows what feelings. That she, oh, no, like, um, she's like, so bad tonight. And he's just like, uh, yeah, and keeps walking. <laughs> That was so he good. That was so good. I felt it deep in my soul. Probably like I, like having been in Sean's position, like you don't want your business spread in a gym. Like, oh yeah. The hallway is fine because people are passing by. Like you can tell when people stop. Yeah, and also like Sean. I mean, they haven't really explored. I feel like like while we had the initial introduction that he you know is a bad boy. Like, it hasn't really gone very hard into... It hasn't gone as hard into his reputation as you may expect a bad boy character to have. But I'm sure, especially as we've seen his brother be very aggro, um, like, we can assume that... Yeah, he's a brother named Tracker. Okay, aggro is an agriculture? I'm real confused. Oh, at, like, aggressive. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> that does not make any sense. Anyway, so we've... <laughs> sorry. Um, but we've seen... Sean's brother be really aggressive we can kind of assume that this is the type of boy who doesn't want his feelings known unless he has complete control of disclosing that emotion so I get it like there was a part of me that was like I oh I I was not a cis boy in middle school but I I understand (laughs) the fact the fact that he asked her out in person blows my mind right I mean did they have phones that they could text on at that point well the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole intro is people are receiving Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. If, well, I don't know if Sean necessarily has one. I would... <laughs> Probably not. Assuming it's 2001, not everyone has cell phones. It was kind of more of, like, a, a need to have slash I, was, I had rich parents type of thing. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if Sean didn't have one. However, like, there is IM and things like that. Like, we see them use that. <laughs> that I would far more believe somebody asking somebody out. Usually, yeah. but, I, but I think that also speaks to how much Sean cares about Emma. Yeah. Like, he cares enough, even though he fumbles it to a certain extent, it, it speaks to how sincere and real he is. And I think that was also important, because it confirms that he really cares and takes it seriously, he just didn't know how to handle it. Well, I think it's also good that you can see throughout this episode, no matter how much shit that goes down, he still cares about her at the end of yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah, like... He is, and maybe because I'm older, I'm looking at it with older eyes, it's a little easier for me to pick up on it. Like, 
I don't, like, I understand the miscommunication, but I believe Sean is sincere every second of that episode. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, yeah. He is so real and so kind and understanding in his Sean-like way. Um, <laughs> and I understand why Emma can't read that. I understand why any middle schooler would not be able to read that. As an adult, though, I was like, oh, honey, that's my son. That's my son. He's such a good boy. I love him. So, um, she's, so, after that, Emma's angry. She starts wailing at Sean with dodgeballs. Yes. I mean, can we talk real quick about how, even though they're playing dodgeball, no one seems to be getting out, even though she caught the ball, and, like, literally, they're not following the rules of dodgeball at all. Well, okay, here's my other question. Why is Armstrong the gym teacher? I was fairly certain he was a math teacher. Sometimes you gotta make do. <laughs> this, school is, this school is so understaffed. Like, you couldn't even do an open casting call for some person to be the gym teacher? Like, come on. Anyway, Armstrong's apparently also a gym teacher, which is probably why the rules are not being adhered to, as you have a math teacher doing phys ed. Like, I just, like, this is like every role that we don't have a, like, a teacher for is just Armstrong. Well, that's the thing, like, I bought that he was a basketball coach, like, because, like, teachers are coaches all the time. That's normal. Fine. I can buy that. I can't buy him just doing a phys ed course, even if that's something he... Like, there's no way that you would have somebody who's a part-time phys ed teacher, part-time math teacher. That does not exist. Uh, I don't think there's any math teacher who aspires to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go teach a phys ed class right now. That's really what I wanted to do with my life. I'm just imagining, like, what if this isn't, like, something that happens through the whole school and just, like, you have Snape teaching home ec. Quan is teaching science as well. No, no, she's teaching, um, she's teaching, uh, auto club. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) Even better. If I may for a moment, in my high school... You need to come closer to the mic. Okay, special appearance by Danny. In my high school, we had a history teacher who did teach at least two periods of uh, physical education for juniors and seniors only. What? Yes. How do you have the... Like, okay, as a phys ed teacher, you need so much, like, anatomy and health and math and stuff like that it is so hard for me to process as a history major that somebody not only had the credentials to be a social studies teacher but also had the credentials to be a phys ed teacher he was also a uh, base he was also the baseball coach and we were a catholic school okay that explains everything okay okay. (laughs) bye danny (laughs) thank you um but yeah like it's still very weird very weird to me I was kind of like, mm, especially because we saw him teach 8th grade and 7th grade in that last episode. Literally an episode before. And then suddenly they were like, oh, crap, we need a phys ed teacher. Uh, Armstrong. Um, so that leads to the, uh, I, I, sorry, I really want you to the state. Yes, um, I know. That leads to, uh, whatchamacallit. They do their usual conflict management, which I actually love because it works out where they initially contact each other online, so they're in, like, in the computer area, like, the media immersion, probably class, um, and they have a good old like, I am kind of spat. Sean asked the question that every, conf- that sometimes confused boys ask, and a lot of just awful, awful men ask, um, <laughs> why do you hate me? <laughs> Yeah, which, like, 
I almost want to give a pass, not even because I'm very biased towards Sean, but he did just get pelted by a zillion dodgeballs yeah. after saying he wanted to hang out with a girl. And, uh, and then... <laughs> kind of confusing. Yeah. And once again, to Sean's credit, she says, like, I don't hate you. Why would you think that? He doesn't keep typing. He gets up and walks across the classroom and is like... Because you hit me with a bunch of top balls. Well, that's what I love about them, because this is the second time they've done, some, done something like this. They have emailed each other and then talked in person. And I really like that we see this happen again. Because we're, I think sometimes this could just be seen as a weird way of doing, of like writing. I actually think it gives a weird insight to them and how they conflict manage as a relationship. Yeah. And I really like that. I also think it's a good buffer between reality and like gives you a few seconds to think about what you're gonna say before you say it oh absolutely and for middle schoolers really gosh darn important yeah yeah it gives a model that i think is really important because i know as a middle schooler i tried to resolve everything on im Mm -hmm. even if i was even if i knew the person in person and (laughs) i well you know what i mean yeah I would have probably benefited from actually talking to somebody, maybe doing that technique, IMing a little bit, and then being like, hey, like, let's pick this up in person. person. I didn't have IM, so every, I was like... How? That was around my, when you were in school. My parents didn't have the internet until I went to college. Oh, well, that answers yeah, everything, because we are, we are that age group where we were not necessarily in... We were not necessarily born into computer rooms or computers. They don't have computer rooms anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Um, my middle school had computer rooms. Oh, no, I was just saying at your home. I was just saying at your home. No, computer uh, rooms still exist in schools. That's that's an institution. Um, so, like, they're like, he's, Sean's like, we're still on for the date? He's like, yeah. It's like, awesome. And then it's time for the Yay. date. Yay! <laughs> and, okay. Yes! Uh, Emma's mom, Spike, is getting her ready. She's um, so useless in this, and I love it, because usually I feel like moms are portrayed as these, like, givers of such great intellect during these times in a way that doesn't really make sense but like i just love i love spike in this moment especially because it makes sense for her character because this is a person who had a kid very young didn't necessarily have a conventional high school experience or a junior high experience for that matter so and was like a punk kid so like her just being like oh well my first date sucked it was like good Good. This is exactly how I want Spike to be portrayed at this moment. Uh, also, did he call her by her first yes, name? Yes, yes, which I was reflecting on. And I feel like that, at first I was like, that's kind of weird. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, Tracker definitely would not review, like, hey, just so you know, you should say Ms. Nelson. Like, I feel like that's probably a hanger-on from, like, what Sean has seen growing up and Mm -hmm. like I kind of like that I feel like it says a lot where he wants to be polite and he does for all intents and purposes be very polite but he still uses her first name wild I don't even I can't even imagine as a child doing that you know what I mean yeah but like kind of tracks I feel like yeah um and Sean shows up wearing a turtleneck he changed it up i love i got like i was like okay so i was at the time of recording i was at training for my staff for a day camp that i'm running while i'm assistant camp director so running part of um and i look at my phone because i don't have my ringer on and i see a text and in big 
big caps lock I see from Frank that just says turtleneck. <laughs> with three with three exclamation points. Yes, I'm sorry. How could I forget? <laughs> also like how they had so as he was coming up to her house, they had this like shot of her window and like ivy colored and you're co- covering it and you're just like, "Ah, oh, yes. Is there going to be Romeo and Juliet shit going down? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is it going to relate?" And I'm really glad it didn't. <laughs> yeah, thank God we would have died. Um and Sean is just so delighted. <laughs> like, yes. Um, and Spike's just like, one picture, one picture, then he can go. <laughs> and, like, Sean, like, holds his hands in front of himself. It's so good. It's really cute. <laughs> it looks like he's taking a communion full photo. <laughs> and, like, Spike's, Spike's like, okay, Sean, if you could take a big step next to Emma. <laughs> it's so good. I live for this. This is why I like working with kids, because okay. that's the type of stuff you see. And... Like, I have to say, that turtleneck, you know Tracker Helton picked that out. It's like, yeah, you got you gotta look good for your date. Yeah, you wanna know what chicks like? Turtlenecks. <laughs> oh no, I was just like, oh, yeah, I agree with that, yes, but I also, <laughs> I was watching it, I was just like, you know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of sweater a straight dude would pick out for his brother to go on Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. We don't want to go too classy. We don't want to go too classy. You guys still wear your denim jacket. <laughs> the denim jacket's are cool. Put a turn on that <laughs> You look like an artist. <laughs> so, so Emma, Emma, during the scene is really torn because she was choosing between the red shirt and the blue shirt. And she, and Spike reassures her to stay with the blue shirt. She has the photograph with Sean. They leave, and a bird shits on her. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 what passed by a pelican? <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's so like much. it's like this constant like <laughs> splattering that happens on her shoulder. Oh my god! And because Sean's a good boy, all he does is go. Oh. <laughs> it's so real like I don't remember if I've ever been in that but I saw his face and in that moment I was like ooh yeah ooh, ooh. what else are you gonna say my, my, my baby child so they go back and they go back they change shirts take another picture <laughs> so yeah. like, that, was, that, that was such a good detail sorry I forgot to check something um, no it's okay and they uh, um yeah, and Emma, uh, I was like, good on you, Sean, for not being, a, like, a dink and being like, I will pay for everything. Being like, all right, you paid for dinner, I'll pay for the movie. Because <laughs> Emma's apologizing for the fact they had to go back, she had to change shirts, yeah. and take another picture. <laughs> yeah, which also, like, it, it's also very consistent in Emma's character. Like, I feel like I like that, like, that detail, that Emma is not just gonna accept being wined and dined. Um, she's still gonna come prepared and come with her wallet and stuff like that. Like, I appreciate that. I feel like Emma's hugely relatable. Like, really trying to be on top of things and then fucking up real bad and then realizing that didn't really fuck up, but still fucked up in the process of thinking that she fucked up. Welcome to Emma Nelson. <laughs> That's a very apt description of her, honestly. Oh, um, I just want to throw this out there, Donnie, something I've been meaning to check. Susan Nelson wrote this script. Same person who wrote Coming of Age. Oh my god, I love her. I love her. I'm gonna see if she's on Twitter, I'm gonna tweet her. And, like, try not to 
tell her that this podcast exists, but be uh, like, hi, I'm revisiting Degrassi, and I've come to the conclusion that you're one of the stronger writers of this. <laughs> um, so then um, she's like, hey, I hope you don't mind, I got you a veggie burger, and he's just like, as long as it's not hamburger. Oh my god, this is so relatable to me, because he just then just dumps all of this information about the meat industry, and like, well, not really the meat industry so much as working on a family, like, an aunt and uncle's farm and watching slaughter happen. <laughs> yeah, um, and, like, he's just like, I could I could barely watch it. I couldn't watch it when... Oh, the smell! <laughs> like, he's, and it's like, oh, like, good for you, Sean. Like, and then, like, there's a point where he's just like, I figured if I couldn't watch it happen, I shouldn't eat it. And then I was like, good for you, Sean. He's like, then he goes into the, it's like, no, Sean, no, stop now! <laughs> It's really endearing to me, even though it was really gross, and, like... It's like the descriptions... Did you ever read The, the Jungle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and, like, God, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, like, you're just reading, like, paragraph after paragraph about how horrendous the meat industry yeah. is. It's it's rough. It's really rough, and I would not recommend, like, reading it while eating. Yeah, much like honest. listening to this. <laughs> um... And then, like, Emma, like, he realizes it's a mistake, though, and stops. And Emma uh, takes a bite of her burger and gets a big splotch of ketchup on her face. Oh, this part's also very relatable. I think I just really deeply relate to Sean as a 27-year-old, and I think that's frightening. <laughs> and Sean is just, like, really trying to, like, like, kudos to him. Oh, yeah. Like, he, tr- he, like, he knows at least some form of, like, social graces where he's just, like, wiping out his face, like... Subtle. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. And he's like... And then he's just like, you have a blotch on your face. He doesn't say that. (laughs) No, but... I could see why a middle school girl would be really upset Mm -hmm. hearing a middle school cis boy say that. So... Then they head to the movies, and Emma realizes she doesn't have her wallet. Um, and they go back, and she thinks she dropped it in the garbage with the rest of the trash. Sean, like a champ, unbuttons his unbuttons his um, jean jacket to the elbow oh, and boy. starts digging through it. And at no point does Sean get annoyed by this. No, no. Which, by the way, I have actually done this fairly recently with my car keys at a McDonald's, and I just want to take this time to give a shout-out to the employee who helped me. I will never forget this act of kindness. Wait, did you actually find your car keys I did. In the trash? No, I didn't leave it. That's why I said, like, I, I actually lo- had done it. As in, like, I didn't think I had done it, and then it was in my pocket. Oh, I've done, I've done the opposite. I've, oh, like, actually no. thought I lost my wallet. <laughs> Oh, no. I've done this. <laughs> Did you, were you the one fishing it out afterwards? Yes, or, okay. I was the one fishing it out. Okay. Not push, fishing it out, but. <laughs> so, story time. Um, oh, boy. I worked at, my first job was at the McDonald's that I could walk to from my house. Uh, one of my job, we had a play place. And at one point, I was told to go clean up a child's mess. Oh, no. In the play place. <gasps> so, I... That found a 15-year-old Frank, because I'm, I think I was about the same size then. I was a little skinnier, a lot skinnier, um, back then, and I'm crawling, like, you know, 
crawling like through like the tunnels like in World War One, trying to get to this kid's mm. nest at the top. And then, like, I just hear this woman yelling at me, and she will not stop yelling at me, so I have to crawl, and it's during the summer, also, so throw that thing, oh, I crawl the way back out, and she's like, why won't, why can't my son go in the play place? It's like, ma'am, I am cleaning up feces in the play place, oh. Like, oh, there's feces in the play place, why isn't somebody cleaning it up? I, I'll get right back to that, ma'am. <laughs> And just crawl my way back. Oh my <laughs> god! Um, oh, by the way, never let your kids in the ball pit. The ball pit is a just chasm of germs. See, oh, back in cool. back in my day, uh, there was Disco- Discovery Zone, and my mother would call it Disease Zone. Love Discovery Zone. That fun time, America. So fun though. Disease Zone. Um. Anyway, so, like Sean's running around, and he. He's like, I think I found it. It's a full, like, it's a full hammer. I know, I was so yeah, mad. I was so mad. Like, and he's like, ugh, and drops it. Like, and the security guard comes up. He's like, so you probably want us to take this somewhere else. Also, like, who's gonna get mad at somebody for trying to find their wallet in a trash can? I was unpacking that myself, and I came to the conclusion that I don't know how smart the Degrassi writers are with this type of stuff, but I want to believe. It's a way to reiterate to us that Sean is is seen as a delinquent, whether or not uh, that we know we, we know he's a good boy and we have seen how kind he is, but his exterior gives him kind of a rough look, especially in the context of a mall where mall rats are a thing. And mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, I think, I don't know if can- Canadians really mall rat culture is a big thing, but in Jersey, obviously it is. Yeah. But like, I could see why a security guard would get in his face about something that was so innocuous. Um, I do wonder if it was kind of a way to reiterate to us that even though he is a sweet kid, he's not always gonna be viewed as one. Uh, honest, I didn't think of him as a bad boy at all when I watched that episode. He just seems sweet as anything and just very misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, that's his shtick. We, we've we seen him lash out in some of the earlier episodes. Um, <laughs> I was thinking just the first. I don't... Yeah, 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 really it's just the first one. But, like, you know, we've seen him kind of have a rough exterior, but, like, once you get into inside, like, you know, past that rough exterior, he's a very gooey center boy. Um, but, but you know, still, he, he also is not... The way that he, like, takes up space and the way that he kind of moves and interacts, it is a bit gruff. It is a bit rough. He's always wearing kind of more of, like, a tougher-looking outfit. It's more of a, like, a blue-collar look than a lot of the kids. Um, it's true. No, I, was just, I was thinking, like, I just imagine Sean going home listening to Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, he probably would. Um, honestly. Um, not in Jersey, though. Well, Springsteen is good and considered favorable outside of Jersey. I know we're kind of in a bubble, but... He is he is beloved by other people, but um but anyway like he is he's just not the kind of cutesy looking kid that many of the seventh and eighth graders are. I yeah. do think he's very cognizant of how much space he's taking up. Oh, though. absolutely, absolutely. I think this is a kid who's been through hell, and like we don't know the full extent that he's been through yet. But you could tell that they're kind of setting this up as this is a kid who has been through a lot. 
is aware that how that has impacted his interactions with the world, but still, you know, doesn't mean that he's gonna be able to get away with certain things. Um, and I thought we were just going to cut to them at the movie where they were originally going to go. <laughs> And we cut instead to the dumpsters out back. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah. Sean is like standing knee deep in garbage <laughs> trying to find this wallet. It's so <laughs> sweet, as terrible as it is. And then Emma's just like, oh no, oh no, and she finds her wallet in her pocket. I, I do like that we've stayed true to Emma where she just owns up to it. Meanwhile, like, I feel like a lot of middle schoolers would find it in their pocket and contemplate throwing it in the trash and be like, oh wow! Like, but also I feel like Emma wouldn't do that. Um, I don't think she'd be able to lie like that. Oh, no, not at all. Like, and then we see Sean, like, he, like, he goes through a range of emotions. Like, he frowns <laughs> a little bit, but then, like, he sm starts smiling, and you can tell he's about to be like, well, it's all right, mistakes happen, or something along those lines, and then Emma just bolts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's real. And also, I think it's a good look into the... Just his mindset in regards to the fact that he really cares about her, and he thinks that this is endearing. I don't know why he thinks this is endearing, but it seems like he actually enjoyed this experience. Oh. Well, I don't know how high his standards are for dating, so... Um, I mean, this is, like, Emma has also been running away from, ran away from him two episodes ago. Oh, right. Oh my god, I forgot. Because, like, she, uh... She she got her period while she wasn't wearing a pad, so suddenly she had a big uh, spot, you know. That's unfortunate. And, her, yeah. and Manny was just like, "We gotta go." It was really good. No, I I strongly recommend once again if if you have not seen that episode, I strongly recommend watching Coming of Age. It's a fabulous episode about menstruation and how it sucks. It's True. good. It's very real. Um, but yeah, so she bolts and like. Everything's so relatable at this. Oh, man. The next day, she's telling JT and Toby and Manny what happened. And, like, they're like, okay, so this is pre-bird poop, and this is after the bird poop. <laughs> it was really funny. And it's really cute. The one, the one, the picture from after the bird poop is really cute because Sean's smiling. <laughs> um, and then, um... JT says something dumb, I don't care. Right? No, it's like something gross. Like, <laughs> I like the, I like the one shirt better, or something like that. Go away, JT, I'm sorry. To um, Toby says something kind of, like, he's just like... I wrote it down. Okay. Um, or maybe I, well, uh, maybe I didn't write it down exactly, but, um, Toby, Toby has, like, a really interesting character development moment where he's, like, he basically says something along the lines of, like, Sorry, I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. But he says something along the lines of, like, he would like you regardless, is basically, like, what he's getting at, really, like, the bird poop and everything. Yeah. You know, honestly, from my view of this entire episode, he's probably, I know you were saying prior that he's definitely not the best character in the series whatsoever, but, like, he just seems like a solid dude. So, when to when it, when... Toby's friends need him, he'll be solid. Yeah, he's a good friend, but a horrible example of a middle school boy, as in he's a very typical middle school average. boy. Average. Yeah, he's yeah. average. Yeah, yeah, like, he's he's a very loyal friend, and I think he has a decent handle of right from wrong, but also he's a middle school boy, so his ability to access that part of his brain is sometimes a bit blocked. 
Yeah, I mean, any middle schooler at that. I mean, that's when you're developing that part of your brain, I guess. Yeah. Is you're right, you're right and wrong. Because before that, you have no social codes of conduct at all. Yeah. That's why they're such shitheads. True. And they're so mean. True. Um, and then Sean plays it just ice cold cool. This True. I have written down. Okay. So how's your wallet? Um, and then he picks up the photo and he's just like, might I hold on to this? It's so, I was like, I like, I, it took everything in me not to just squeal. I was so (laughs) happy. I, well, I headcanon Sean as bi, so I can't, I can't just hand wave this as I care about a heterosexual ship Mm -hmm. because I've also now declared Sean, yeah, like I've made a declaration, but um, wow, I'm like legitimately invested in middle schoolers, which I think is a pretty big deal. Like to actually care about a ship of middle schoolers is not easy, especially like as somebody who writes YA and someone who works with kids, you know that these types of relationships don't last. You know these types of relationships are usually horrible and pretty unhealthy, but this one is such a good example of, yeah, okay, it's not going to run perfectly, but when things don't run perfectly... There's recovery involved. Well, it's, it's like I saw, I saw something on Tumblr where somebody's like, "Well, I'll stop." Like, you know, like people, people ask me why I ship like you know characters as gay who don't like who aren't that way in the show. It's like, well, then give me a healthy, non-toxic relationship, and I won't do that. I'll be, I'll follow the canon pairing, but the canon pairing is usually garbage. Yeah, True. yeah, exactly. And this one you want to cheer for and the building up that we've had is really lovely and it's an interesting take on that bad broken boy and the good girl yeah it it shows that emma has flaws emma is not an angel emma is not going to save sean but together they make a decent pair and i think it's also a good thing to see actual middle school relationships on tv instead of having fandom create them and them being excessively toxic excessively sexualized absolutely and just not good and that for the most part for a lot of media it's not represented so the fandom creates it but what Mm -hmm. they create is way more problematic than probably what would have been in the show yeah yeah and i think it also like helps keep it away from that kind of creepy space when you remember that these are kids playing these kids yeah exactly and and i think that really works and i think that also lends itself to kind of the the right vibe where they're kind of awkward they haven't grown into themselves sean has really really visible acne during this and things like that and those are the type of details that i think really make a plot like this truly soars not only is the writing good but the characters themselves, the actors playing them, are able to sell it, too. Also, Emma's acting has gotten better since the first episode, so that's off there. It's still not great. It's gotten better. I'm going <laughs> to give her credit. And Sean's oh, dear. All, and I know this doesn't, this shouldn't matter. Uh, Sean's also the only boy as tall as Emma. Yes, it's oh. kind of, Emma's a giantess sometimes in some of those shots. How tall is puberty. she, then? I, I forget how tall the actress is, like, at, like, in nowadays, but, like, when, in some of the long shots where they're all walking in the halls together, like, she's just towering over everybody. Oh um, but we did forget a very crucial scene. Yes. 
Uh, we've read the Seema page. Oh my god, uh, I forgot about Queen Page! I'm so sorry, I was so invested in this Sean Emma ship, I entirely forgot the wonderful moment with Queen Page. So, like, Queen Page, we have seen now interact with Emma before because she was the one that came in and gave that really page-like but inspiring pep talk about, <laughs> about getting your period. Um, and then providing a pad to Emma. So we know that Paige has this kind of care toward Emma in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so Paige, of course, handles this in a way that only Paige knows how. Um, Paige roughly says what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. I entirely, I, I can't believe I forgot such an iconic moment. But yeah, Paige just kind of like swoops in, which literally she just swoops in, I feel like. It's yeah. true, yeah. And she's just like, <laughs> it's really great because she's helpful, but in on like in a Paige-like way where she's like, yeah, okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, boys are stupid. <laughs> you're, she, you're being asked out. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and she's also just like, you two have been making puppy dog eyes at each other forever. We all know what's going on. It's so good. It's so good. She's just like, yeah, just, boys are terrible. Anyway, you're on a date. Congrats. I love her. She's amazing. We we are, a, the, in this house, we love Paige Michael Chuck. And Michael Chuck, her fucking last name is yes, Michael Chuck. Yes, we love Paige Michael Chuck. Anyway. It was really good. It was a really good spritz of Paige. It was very in character, and it kind of connected back to that dynamic she now has with Emma, which I really, really liked. I um I also did send uh, Donnie a text about Sean's eyebrow situation. I know. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like he has some very pronounced eyebrows. He does. They're very. They're like Fun. upside down smiley faces on his forehead. Like, what is going on? So I sent this text. Oh, true. True. But, the, but this is the way I found it. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. The, I Google searched that one actor with the eyebrows and it pulled up William Jack Bolter exactly. <laughs> if you don't know him, look him up. You've seen him and stuff. He's a pretty he's a very good actor. But, like, he just has some very pronounced eyebrows. It, it, it tracked. I looked at it, and I was like, mm, yeah, 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 that's real. Another thing that I was welcome to while I was doing my staff training. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, guys, have anything else on it? I don't have very much. I mean, I don't, unless you do, Kirsten. No, I think I'm good. Uh, any rating that you would like to give this episode, Frank? A+. Plus. Woo! <laughs> I I would knock it down a little bit because I feel like there were a couple holes in it in concerning Quan and being a teacher. Um, so as a teacher, I would knock it down a little bit. But I think overall, it was a really good exploration of social dynamics, a really good exploration of how your actions can have consequences. Um, I think this was kind of another instance where Degrassi really showed what I think it, it's always trying to do, which is trying to talk about issues, talk about them in a way that's real and accurate, and also show how good things can happen from that and bad things can happen from it. Yeah. So now we'll go on to character rankings, um, where I ask Frank and Kirsten where, how they feel about the characters featured in this episode. Um, Frank, obviously you are building off of your rankings from prior, which aren't actually rankings, just who is rising and falling. It's kind of more the stock market than anything else. Meanwhile, Kirsten, you give our initial reactions as this is your first full episode. Would you like to go first? Or? Yeah, sure. Um, so clearly my favorite is Paige. 
in her brief appearance, really just laid the law down. It was what we all needed. And honestly, Emma, really, I know this is a small thing, but that crimped hair, it's so much. It really just needs to stop. It's like every single freaking shot. How do you have time to crimp your hair though? Isn't it dying? Like, what is going on? Sorry. Anyway, you know, yeah, I mean, Sean is great. I love that you can see all of his emotions. Other than that, I'm just kind of, eh, do a lot of them. They all seem like they have some growing to do. But, you know, again, they're middle schoolers. So, of course, they have growing to do. All right, Frank. Um, hey, uh, Spinner and um, Jimmy, welcome to, like, the super bottom. Because <laughs> you two are taking that Batman, like, fireman's pole all the way. The only person below them is the pedophile from season one. Or from episode one. Ooh. <laughs> like, what about the one with the ice cream cone? The ice cream cone? The oh, that's, Well, him and the pedophile are on the same level. Because you know like, that dude's, like, that, that businessman's also, like, a pervert. Yeah. Like, there's this guy... Passed by Emma and her and Spike, and she's like, "I'd like a lick of that." Like while they're eating ice cream. It was really cream. disturbing. I hate it. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, they're at the bottom. Bottom. Yeah. I mean, those two aren't that bad, but they did have a teacher. They were the final nail in the coffin for a teacher's mental breakdown. So that's I, pretty bad. I just that's pretty damn bad. Yeah. yeah. I just haven't seen any like. Like, I need, like, a breather. I need, like, one redeeming characteristic. Like, just something. I haven't seen any of it. It's really true. Like, they have really not made... I mean, I think the only thing that we can give Jimmy credit for is I feel bad for his family situation. I appreciate that he didn't pressure Ashley to have sex with him. They're in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. It still happens. Yeah. <laughs> um. And Spinner, I... I feel bad that Jimmy conned his riddle in a way from him. But then that just is not only do I feel bad, but not really that he had any redemption. Now I feel worse about my feelings about Jimmy because he did that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Miss Kwan is rising up higher because she finally said what we were all thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manny is also like... Um, is rising like higher this week for being just an excellent friend. And She's knowing, such a good friend. Knowing when to bounce. I'm 30, 32 years old. I still don't know, like, oh, my friend's flirting with somebody? I'm just gonna keep standing around here. Yeah, I get that. She's the realist. <laughs> um, shut up, Danny. <laughs> anyway, um, then, uh, let's see, Emma, um, Abbott for bolting, like, getting some, like, a bunch of good brownie points there on the rise. Because <laughs> I just think that's such a realistic, like, reaction to certain stuff. Uh, to, like, that kind of embarrassment. <laughs> um, Spike, being a good mom, also on the rise. Um, let's see. Uh, have you ranked Sean and Paige yet? I'm getting to them. Okay. Um, I understand, because usually they're I top dogs. <laughs> Ashley uh, is rising up for just calling out Jimmy and Spinner on their dumbass bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that she used the term cruel, like, just so, just, like, matter-of-factly is amazing. 
Um, and then Sean and Paige, they have left this galaxy. <laughs> they have risen so high. <laughs> Though I was wondering if, like, I'm kind of worried because I'm assuming Paige is eventually going to get a Paige centric episode. I think it might be next episode. Because Ooh. my my worry is that like Paige is such an excellent supporting character, she might lose out being a main character, kind of like Justin McRoy is in the Adventure Zone. Where he says, like, yes. I'm an excellent bit player. I do n- I cannot write a story to save my life. Expanding upon that, I sometimes feel that way. Like, as much as I love Loop, I, I feel like if Loop was a playable character, it she wouldn't necessarily be the most interesting as a leading character. I think it's a similar idea where there are some characters that are so good as supporting characters, and they're so good with what we get. And, like, if I want to know more about the character, I'll write fanfic about it. Hmm. And then there's other characters that I think can can handle the leading. And to be honest, I usually like the supporting characters a lot more. But I think that's also because they give us so much to work with, with the little that we get. So I, I totally hear you in what you say. Do you have any thoughts? Your ranking? Oh, uh, my rankings are totally skewed, and I cannot rank because I've watched the entirety of the series multiple times. Mm, so I wow. come from this complicated place of bias where I can't rank any characters. Um, you looking up something? I don't care if that gets edited out. Yeah, I was looking at my recommendation. Okay, so let's go to recommendations. This is where we talk about um, things that we enjoy. Um, and they can be really good recommendations based off of the plots, but they can also just be stuff that we're really enjoying at the moment um, to kind of complement the A plot, which is that kind of relationship that goes, you know, ups and downs and things like that. Um, if you want a fun version of that it's a older it's an old YA classic but Boy Meets Boy by David Levithan it's a really good example of the whole the whole premise of it is like boy meets boy boy loses boy boy wins boy back um and if you haven't read this yet and you're passionate about LGBTQYA I think it's a wonderful one to check out um so I strongly recommend you you know whether it's something on your shelf you've read it a whole bunch or you maybe you just haven't or you've read other David Levithan things and you enjoy it I strongly recommend checking it out because it is truly a classic and I think it hits upon similar emotional notes that the A plot does Um I was going to say uh Nothing but the truth by Abby for like a a young a student like that just brings hell to a teacher's life but it's been so long since i read it i can't say if it's gonna be really good or not i remember like did you get did you read this when you were younger i don't i didn't unfortunately well it's just this this young man um or boy he's just like still in middle school like he's trying to transfer it out of his homeroom because he has problems with the teacher so instead of standing silently during the national anthem he starts humming along and it like causes this whole national scandal when his teacher like punishes him for it mm-hmm. um and like people start like he you know lies and embellishes things and like the teacher gets fired you know it's one the ending but like um i was reading while you were doing your recommendation i was reading um some of the uh reviews on goodreads and my favorite one and this pretty much sums it up the story of some asshole ki- asshole kid who fucks up some poor teacher's life. And, yeah. But, Rip. So. So, I don't know. I can't. 
It's a similar story, but I can't really, I can't be sure if I recommend it. Yeah, I think it's good to just kind of make you, you know, um, like, you know, we can definitely have that just be one of those things where it's like, it's something you read in the past, it may not have aged very well, but if it's something that you're deeply passionate about reading, it might be something you may want to check out. Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, I don't watch a lot of teen dramas and or read a lot of teen dramas because they make me nervous as fuck. Because that's like reliving middle school, reliving high school. Who wants to do that? Apparently Donnie. But. Hey. <laughs> but yes. I'm not, I am going to make fun of you a little bit. Just a little bit. It's um, true. But I do have a recommendation, just a general one. I've been reading slash listening to uh, The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison, And I love it so much. Essentially it's a, a fantasy sci-fi uh, novel about some cool humans I'm not, i can't really give it away too much but you should check it out is really what i'm gonna say awesome um so if you want to keep in touch with us kirsten i know you don't really have any social media that you no, unless you do okay I no don't. that's fine um if you want to keep in touch with the podcast uh, please don't hesitate to email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Tumblr and Twitter at ihopepod. Um, and, of course, please rate, review, subscribe, do all of that type of stuff. It really helps us get more visible for other people to potentially listen to us. Um, that said, definitely want to take the time to thank everybody who has begun following our social media. Um, it is greatly appreciated whether you are a friend or a stranger um it is wonderful to know that this is hitting somebody in some way um if you want to keep in touch with me personally my twitter is at dm is unbreakable um where i will where i mostly kind of talk about my publications um and the various zines and anthologies that i get into um but feel free to also tweet me unrelated things to that or just my hot degrassi takes that don't always get to make the cut on this podcast um i'm at stuck dancing it's mostly to uh retweet videos and pictures of my friend's dogs um <laughs> i have another podcast called teen girl talk which i do with Su my sister Susie, and we uh talk about everything under the sun not um regarding young adult media um and also uh we would st we would still really enjoy it if you felt strongly about an episode or um like you know degrassi means something to you we would love to like put that on an episode whether it's a statement you want us to read or if it's you want to send me a sound file i'll put in the episode um and also if you would like to be on the on an episode, uh, you know, any of the ones coming up, uh, just hit us up at ihopepod at gmail.com. And we would love to have some more veterans on because we've had a lot of newbies and they're very fun and they bring a different kind of energy, but it would be really nice to meet somebody who is also going through a similar crisis revisiting this after it was a part of your life for so long. <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant you wanted a middle schoolers on, and I was like, oh, no. okay. But, but <laughs> if you are a recent high school graduate, that's always a very interesting, I feel like, a potentially interesting energy to kind of bring to it, too. Um, not a high schooler. I feel like that's too young. I If I ha if I can teach you, I probably don't want you as a 
Uh, make an appearance. If you're, a, if you're a freshman in college, please feel free to t- let us know. Exactly. Um, we'll, we'll do a still. We'll do a. It'll be still buffering. I hope I can make it through. Yeah, exactly. We'll do. We'll do something like that. Um. Anyway, everybody. Um. That's all that we have today. So that being said, we hope we can make it through, and we hope that you'll be there with us. So till next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Let's make this night last forever